The following program is brought to you by the Tennessee Broadband Association. Lead Tennessee Radio, conversations with the leaders moving our state forward. We look at the issues shaping Tennessee's future, rural development, public policy, broadband, health care, and other topics impacting our communities. And now, here's your host of Lead Tennessee Radio, Lavoie Knowles. Hello, I'm Lavoie Knowles the executive director of the Tennessee Broadband Association. As we record this episode of Lead Tennessee Radio, it's been four months since our nation began reeling from the devastating health and economic impacts of a global pandemic. It has changed our society in many ways. Thousands of lives have been lost. Millions of jobs have disappeared. We have seen dramatic changes in how we work, shop, go to school, and live our everyday lives. Going into 2020, we all knew that broadband was important to our society. The cooperative and independent companies that are members of the Tennessee Broadband Association have invested millions of dollars over the past decade to build broadband connections to some of the most remote areas of our state. The current situation, however, has shown us just how critical broadband connectivity really is. Our residents need broadband to work from home. Our students need broadband to attend classes online, and our citizens need broadband for remote doctor visits and monitoring their health care. So now more than ever, we depend on broadband for staying connected. Rural broadband providers across Tennessee and across the country are making a tremendous effort under very difficult circumstances to keep us all connected, but they can't do it alone. As our nation changes, it's important for Congress to respond in ways that help ensure our connected future. And that's our topic on today on Lead Tennessee Radio. And there's no one better to discuss this with than with Shirley Bloomfield. As the CEO of NTCA, the Rural Broadband Association, Shirley leads the collective efforts of rural broadband providers across the country and keeps our voice in front of lawmakers and policymakers in our nation's capital. Shirley, I know it's a busy time for you and you got a lot going on, and I truly appreciate you joining us on the show today. LaVoy, thank you so much for, for inviting me. There's so many things to talk about in terms of why broadband is so important. And I think um, given that we are now recognizing as a country that we're in this for the long haul, I think that um, the importance of broadband will now not just be looked at as kind of a temporary Band-Aid, but truly going forward, how do we best utilize, deploy, um, you know, get folks connected, whether they're thinking about, you know, education for our kids in the fall, whether it is folks who are continuing to work from home, you know, or whether, you know, telemedicine really um, can take off on a permanent basis. So I'm delighted to talk about all of those things with you. Well, thank you. ETCA supports a number of bills making their way through Congress right now. Let's begin by talking about the Keeping Critical Connections Act. What problem does this bill address? So one of the things, LaVoy, that as soon as the pandemic hit, the chairman of the FCC actually reached out to all of the broadband providers across the country and ask them to commit to not cutting off service for those who were impacted by that pandemic, as well as seeing what they could do to go a little bit above and beyond to make sure that school children um, in their area stay connected. 
So one of the things that I, I was really impressed with was more than half of the companies that signed on to the FCC Chairman's Pledge were NTCA member companies, were, were community-based rural broadband providers. So that was, you know, literally the creed by which these companies um, operate anyway. They're serving their neighbors. They're serving their communities. They have no intention of, of cutting people off unnecessarily. However, um, that meant, you know, that commitment was terrific, but it also meant that the uncollectibles, that these companies um, were able to, to pull back in from their customers certainly increased to the point where, you know, we are seeing on average across the country, the uncollectibles is about 80000 per company right now. That's a lot of money. You know, that's a, a, a huge increase. And these are companies that not only are still in the busy process of continuing to deploy more broadband, continuing to think about how to bring connectivity to their communities, but they themselves have staffs that they have to support um, and they have to pay. So um, one of the things that this bill does is it basically says, look, you know, how do we bridge this divide between what these companies who have taken this financial hit um, are able to actually um, pull back in um, in terms of revenue streams and let's figure out a way to kind of bridge that delta. So that's what the legislation does. That will allow these companies to continue to be able to operate, continue to be able to deploy, continue to be able to um, pay their staffs, which I which I think is going to be incredibly important. Well, I know that the uh, the original request from the FCC was for like 90 days, <clears throat> and uh, well, virtually all the Tennessee broadband uh, association members uh, accepted the pledge. And then it was extended another 90 or 120 days. And as you said, this is a real economic impact uh, to those members. Um, you just can't keep providing free service in many cases and not get some sort of uh, reassurance that you may get at least a part of your money back through settlements or uh, funding or some sort. So, so how does the Keeping Critical Connections Act address the problem? So what this bill does, and I, I would also say, you know, first of all, kudos to all of the providers in Tennessee. You know, obviously your folks were some of the first who stepped up to the plate to serve their communities, and we certainly weren't surprised to see that. So what this legislation does, this bill that's been introduced in both the House and the Senate has Republicans and Democrats as co-sponsors, basically would appropriate about $2 billion um, to ensure that small broadband providers, those who've got fewer than 250,000 customers, would be able to be compensated for the broadband services that they've provided. So again, what we have seen, and you've seen it in the state of Tennessee, people have either um, provided free service or they've provided discounted services. They've also really targeted, you know, those consumers that they have that um, either were low income or certainly lost their jobs because of the pandemic um, and making sure that they stay connected. Because one of the things we've learned is that that is a very vulnerable population. You know, if you are looking for unemployment aid or you are looking for a job, um, you know, your need for connectivity at this time is even greater. So what the bill does is it, is it basically targets those companies and finds a way to kind of, again, bridge what you couldn't bill for um, with some additional support. And you are spot on. The chairman of the FCC, you know, we looked at that pledge and people stepped up. Um, they stepped up the second round. And I have to share that um, the, the, the 
when the chairman called another call to uh, have a discussion, we literally had to say, you know, these are small businesses. There's only so much further they can go. Um, and he graciously pivoted to um, encouraging carriers in the month of July to work with their customers about how they were going to repay or at least start a payment plan towards some of those. So that was, you know, that is also helpful. But again, we've got a lot of debt out there um, and we've got a lot of needs and these companies are going to need that support to continue to deploy and to continue to serve. Well, that's absolutely right. It's all good points. And uh, again, we want to appreciate NTCA's, uh, the Rural Broadband Association for keeping the best interest of your members in mind because we we can't just continue to pay and pay and pay and not ever ever have anything in return. I know we've had, we've had several stimulus um, um, plans that have gone forward. Some have been successful. Others have not made it through Congress. But uh, every time it seems like that um, we get to the very end and they kind of push out the uh, reimbursement or uh, the broadband part from the um, stimulus package. It is one of those things that, um, you know, the stimulus efforts going through are um, political and they are complicated. Um, and, you know, my hope is I think we've got one more shot for one more initiative. And I do I do hope that broadband stays top of mind. It is certainly top of mind when policymakers are talking about things that are making a difference during this pandemic. But it's also very hard when you are competing against um, support for schools to be safe or state support for revenues they have lost or PPE equipment for healthcare workers or paycheck replacements for those who have lost their income. So there's a lot of competing interests in play right now. Um, so we'll see what the next few weeks shall bring. Absolutely. Well, thanks again for your efforts. Uh, kind of moving on to another bill um, that NTCA is supporting is the Rural Connectivity Advancement Program Act. Um, while the first bill we discussed seeks to solve the present problem, uh, this bill addresses the need to continue building out broadband networks in rural America. Is that, is that kind of right? That is correct. And and the thing that I really like about this bill that's been introduced by Senator Thune from South Dakota is it really takes a look at um, addressing the, the futuristic problem. We know that we've got millions of America who are not connected. You know, I look at the state of Tennessee and I think um, I think that the folks who live there are so lucky to have so many um, community-based providers, whether they're cooperative or, or simply community-based, who've really stepped up to the plate to serve their communities and to serve their communities with future technology. We don't see that everywhere across the country. And it, frankly, you've got a lot of very large carriers who, even though they have received federal support over the years, have chosen not to build and not to deploy broadband into their more rural communities. So what Senator Thune's bill does is it actually, um, there's going to be some spectrum auctions that are coming up that are also pretty excited. Um, they're they're going to be going on for the next couple of years. And what this legislation would do is it would actually take some of the proceeds from these spectrum auctions and allocate them into a separate pot to support broadband deployment in rural America um, going forward into the future. So what I like about it is basically saying, look, we know we've got an issue. This pandemic has shown the vulnerabilities in those communities that do not have connectivity. Now, how do we actually find the resources 
to allow carriers um, and entities that are interested to build into those really rural areas and who can't do it without support. And that's what this legislation will address. That would be very helpful. I hope we you have success in that uh, moving that forward because that's definitely needed in um, for rural America for sure. As members of NTCA, many of the Tennessee Broadband Association companies depend on the national organization to be our voice in Washington. Uh, can you share with our listeners how NTCA advocates for the small rural providers on issues like these? Absolutely. I'd be delighted. First of all, we are honored to represent um, the companies that are the members of the Tennessee Broadband Association, and in part because of the great work they do. So part of what we see our role as is sharing your stories. One of the things that I love about um, the Tennessee broadband providers is that you are kind and thoughtful and community-oriented and humble, but sometimes being humble, um, your carriers sometimes take for granted that the work they are doing is yeoman's work. And so what our role is, is to take what you are doing in the state and to share that with federal policymakers who, who have the ability to direct resources in the, in the direction um, that would be most beneficial, that would actually help more citizens. The other thing that we can do is we take, we take the stories of what is happening in the state of Tennessee and all across the country, and we put it in the eyes of what does it mean for consumers? You know, yes, we represent providers, but these providers are, are providing necessary services to consumers out there. What does that mean? How does, how does the broadband change people's lives? What difference does it make? And why is it such a worthy investment? So we have the ability to aggregate those stories and to bring the power of the grassroots together. Um, one of the things that you know better than most people, Lavoie, is the ability to work with all of you um, to come out to Washington. And even though you can't come out to Washington except virtually right now, um, the work that you all are continuing to do with us and partnering with us to work with your congressional delegation from the state of Tennessee to share what is working, to share what is needed, um, all of those come together so that as these pieces of legislation that we talked about get crafted and get pushed through Congress, people understand why. They understand the reasoning behind it, and they understand the people in the communities behind it. So, so I consider you know, the work that we do to be true partnership with all of you. Those are all good points, and thank you for explaining that to our listeners. And, and just like on the state level, except on a bigger scale, the national level, Everyone has to have someone advocating for them to hear, to make their voices heard. And NTCA has been a, a fantastic partner on the, on the federal side and help us on the state side as well many times. Um, so it's got, you got to have someone speaking for you and with you and NTCA and Shirley yourself have been fantastic partners uh, for many, many years. I've been involved with the industry for nearly 40 years and NTCA has been a part my career the entire the entire time and it, it couldn't ask for a better better group uh to advocate for us in, in washington dc so thank you and thank you for ntca the entire group well thank you lavoy and if i could just share that um you know it is one of those things where we've always been proud of the work that you all do in the field the work that you do literally bringing you know, these technologies to your consumers and helping them understand how to best use them and the difference it can make in people's lives. But I will be honest with you, this spring, watching the work that the Tennessee 
broadband providers have done on the ground, the way they have served during a pandemic, the way they have bundled their staff up in PPE equipment to be able to continue to connect people even when things are not safe, you know, the way they've been able to, you know, bring broadband in a box to somebody's front step and the way that they've worked with the schools to figure out which school children don't have connectivity. We, we have never been more proud than we are right now to represent all of you. It is something that um, gives us great purpose and um, we are, we are really proud. So, you know, we get to truly represent the, the good guys, the guys with the white hat. Um, so it has made it even more special to be able to share your story and, and share the stories of what you are doing right now during very challenging times. Well, thank you. Our members have made awesome progress in bringing uh, broadband to the rural areas during this crisis. So uh, I would agree with you. Uh, they're, they're doing great work and putting in tons of money and uh, out of their own pockets to make these networks work. And again, it's a partnership and it's a, it's a great partnership we have in Washington. One final bill I'd like to touch with you uh, is on the Flexible Financing for Rural America Act. NTCA has joined forces in support of this bill with the National Rural Electric Cooperative Association, or NRACA. What's the goal of this bill? So one of the things, so thank you for asking about this bill. This is one of those things that, you know, if you're not really looking at how you actually pay for these networks, you might not focus on it. But one of the things, um, you know, just to share with your listeners is that RUS, which is the Rural, Electric, Rural Utility Services um, entity, is within USDA. And it's probably one of the biggest bankers for rural utilities, telcos and electrics. And, um, you know, as we've watched all of these different industries during the course of the last four months find different ways to get relief, one piece that has really not been paid that much attention to on the debt front has been the billions of dollars of debt that both telephone companies as well as cooperative electric cooperatives have taken out to actually build networks. So it just seemed to make sense that, um, you know, there be some congressional support to actually be able to look at this RUS debt and say, look, some of these loans were taken out at different points in time. The interest rates really vary. Is there a way to make sure that we can actually allow these borrowers to refinance or to reprice these loans at more realistic interest rates, given that the interest rates are historically low, so that that will actually free up some cash for these companies to continue to meet the demands of the rural consumers? So again, it was just one of those pieces where, you know, you look at all of the different initiatives that were out there. This is a very simple one because, again, because the interest rates are so low, um, the agency itself would like to do it, but was prohibited by actually having that flexibility by law. So we needed to actually have a law change to allow these borrowers to go back and say, look, I took out this loan at 5%. Given that the interest rates are close to zero, if I refinance this, this will actually mean more money that gets put into infrastructure in the ground. So I think it's a lot of, it makes a lot of sense. And um, I continue to remain hopeful. We're in an election year. It means the time is super short in terms of uh, what Congress can do to actually get passed and signed into law. But I remain hopeful that this is one piece that is a no, no, you know, this is this should be a no-brainer for everybody. So uh, my fingers and toes are crossed to get this one through the finish line in the next few weeks. 
Well, I hope so too, Shirley, because this has been a problem for many, many years, not just uh, during this environment, but uh, in my prior life as an operations manager, um, we faced this problem uh, 20 years ago. Uh, we'd have loans. Back in those days, you'd have loans that are 7 or 7.5%. Seven you'd have a new loan that may be for 5%. And to get that old loan refinanced, you may pay, and I can remember paying almost $100,000 penalty because you had to pay a prepayment penalty every year you didn't didn't um, let the mat- uh, loan mature. And so this has been a problem since day one. Um, and in change, because it's always a changing environment because the, the government charges for the loan to the consumer, to the company, the cost of their, the cost of their capital and their capital changes like everyone else. So when it's, when it's at a low rate, it just makes sense, like refinancing your house, that you would be allowed to refinance these loans and not pay a, a huge astronomical penalty because that money could be plowed back in for the broadband expansion because the difference between a 50 or $20 million loan over a 25-year period going from 5% to 25 or 3 is just astronomical. So, um, again, kudos on your effort to get this passed, and we definitely hope that it would be uh, something that um, we can see that uh, allow our companies to do. Fingers crossed, Livoy. You know, it is, we are, um, election years are always a really interesting time. You know, the thing that really strikes me is normally this time of year, Congress is trying to get through their workload so they can go back home and campaign. And I've been really struck by the fact that, you know, all campaigning now is pretty virtual as well. So there is a part of me that says, uh, 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 you've got no excuse. You stay and you finish some of these things <laughs> because you know what? You can do a right. virtual fundraiser or a town hall from your office here in Washington, D.C., get these pieces of legislation passed. Exactly. Uh, uh, we're, we're behind you 100%. Um, Shirley, thank you for the great work that you and your staff do every day to ensure that concerns of rural America are part of the discussions before Congress and the FCC. What can individual broadband providers and the people they serve do to support your efforts? Well, thank you for asking that. Well, first of all, obviously, the the, uh, companies that you work with in Tennessee are terrific about, again, coming to Washington, working with members of Congress, building relationships, telling the story, sharing the successes. Um, That's one thing I think people sometimes forget is that, you know, when members of Congress pass initiatives, they love to hear the good stories. They love to know that if they support an initiative that allows more money to go into the field or go into plant, they love to hear that you've connected a library or you've created hotspots during a pandemic or, or whatever else you are doing. They take pride in those stories. So I continue to encourage people to be thinking about sharing those stories. Share it with your community. Have your community take pride. You know, I look at, you know, communities, these smart rural communities. Um, where the whole community should really celebrate the broadband connectivity that you've got there. Um, so I think that's really important. Um, and, and continuing to let your subscribers know what you're doing. Let them know how active you are on the federal front, that you are fighting to figure out what kind of support can be, can be achieved, um, you know, for low income consumers, for school children. Um, and I would also say on that point, you know, the other thing I would really encourage folks to be doing is to continue having some of those critical conversations with your school administrators and school leadership right now, because I think that we've got a very uncertain time in front of us. 
I think the more that broadband providers and school administrators can be staying connected um, in terms of what might work for technology for the school kids in the future, even under a hybrid kind of plan, um, the better we'll be situated for our future generations to come. And those are your future you know, citizens in the, in the great state of Tennessee. Excellent. Thank you, Shirley. We appreciate your time today, and we thank you for this update on legislation that impacts our rural communities and broadband providers. My guest today has been Shirley Bloomfield, CEO of NTCA, the Rural Broadband Association. You've been listening to the Lee Tennessee Radio, produced by the Tennessee Broadband Association, cooperative and independent companies connecting our state's rural communities and beyond with world-class broadband. Please share this important episode with your network. You can find Lead Tennessee Radio on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or at www.tennesseebroadband.com. Again, thank you for listening.